Okay, welcome to Angel Wing Podcast with Dr. Elizabeth Berman. Today is the 12th of July, 2021. We are happy to have her uh, on a weekly basis uh, for these beautiful podcasts. Today, our subject is regarding forgiveness. This is a very, very important subject to talk about, but it's also not just a subject, it's a reality in life that we probably all need in some way or another. Um, when I think of forgiveness, uh, there's two ways for, that I think of it. One is to forgive others for maybe mistakes that they have made or things that they have been painful. But perhaps the more difficult part is to forgive oneself. You know, we tend to carry guilt, shame, self-blame, all such things, you know, the uh, regurgitation of old mistakes and why did I do this and why shouldn't have done that. And so that also is there. And if it's not there, then one is just not even aware of it or one is just, you know, moving away from that. The ego is just pushing the person away um, from that uh, and is, is living in some kind of a biased state. So there's a lot of ways of going about this question of forgiveness. Uh, so the, so my question for you, Dr. Berman, is when you um, think of forgiveness, uh, what do you see a need and what, you know, what is the need in humanity to forgive? Mm. Why is that? Why is that necessary? So forgiveness, and in my traditional theme of everything is energy. Yes. To perhaps ask myself, what is the energy of forgiveness? What does it feel like when I want forgiveness? What does it feel like when I? experience being forgiven um, and that can be a challenging question for self-inquiry because embedded in the notion of forgiveness I think is the energy or the notion of guilt. What prompts me to desire forgiveness from someone or about something? And I would offer that on a personal level, what prompts that inside of me is my own thoughts about myself behaving in a certain way. And it's usually over time. So it's, it's very situation and person specific. I think f forgiveness, the request for forgiveness, the actual looking in my own self to forgive someone else is about energy and a relationship with someone. Yes, so, yes because, because we are in connection with other people, our relationships with our family members, extended family members, social circles, um, co-workers, we are always living in the context of relationships. And there are plenty of times where we feel someone has wronged us or done something that is harmful uh, or, or hurtful, and, and we carry that around. Yes, and, and given the culture we're living in right now, which I think emphasizes 
us versus them and whether the us is me on my own versus everybody else who's not agreeing with me or whether it's you know my country versus another country or so there's this sense of separation and what is it about our cultures about our upbringings that emphasizes this need for separation and i look at that and i think over the years i've understood that this is a part of human the human experience because as an infant we come in simply trying to in some way um, respond to and later understand the sensory input that being in a human body offers to us. And in order to do that, uh, there's a task in which I have to figure out where do I end and where does everything else begin. So there's this first very critical developmental level on, on a physical plane in which I have to figure out, you know, where, where, where my skin, where the envelope of my skin ends and, and the bars of my crib begin. Because if I fling my arm out and hit the bars of my crib, it's going to hurt, right? Where, where if I've been nursed or, or bottle fed, I have to figure out where my mouth is and where is the object that I'm going to latch onto to be able to bring nourishment into my body, which my body is screaming for at any point. Now, we do that at, at a time when we don't have a lot of neural networks in our brain filled out. So immediately there's sort of this biological necessity to figure out what's me and what's everyone or everything else. And then we kind of differentiate the everything else and the environment around us, around us is constantly telling us who we are and who we should or shouldn't be. And we're at a point where we don't have the ability to discern whether this is accurate, helpful or unhelpful, inaccurate information. And so if you're listening to this podcast, it's because you've reached that point in your life where you're beginning to understand there's more to life than what I know how to do right now. And so this amazing drive to know more, to answer the question, who am I and why am I here? And if I can begin to find a path to find answers or at least support and help along the way of understanding that, I begin the active accumulation of information that can then be turned into knowledge and eventually wisdom as we embody it and use it into not only making my life more meaningful and better for myself, but also uplifting everybody I come in contact with. So that's kind of a long preamble to why would the energy of forgiveness even exist? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so I have some follow-up. So thank you for that very nice introduction to the subject. Um, 
there's no question that when someone is trying to forgive, particularly, let's just say self-forgiveness, you know, a person has done something wrong somewhere along the line, that particular individual who has created that offense, maybe it's a legal one, maybe it's a personal one, maybe it's just saying something to somebody who that we regret later on, whatever. It seems to me, and based on some researchers also, that uh, there needs to be a recognition of one's intrinsic worth that is independent from that quote wrongdoing. Aha. Oh, that's a beautiful question. That's a beautiful question. So, yes. So, everything is energy. And once we begin to accept the possibility that those words actually ring true for us and our experience, we now begin to start looking at, wow, energy shows up in different ways, right? So the sense, this, the, and, and we can feel it in our body, we certainly can feel it in or experience it in our thoughts and our emotions, that there's a dis-ease, a lack of ease in some part of my life. Perhaps it's my relationship to myself. Perhaps it's my relationship to some significant other. Perhaps it's all of those all wrapped into one, but there's some memory of having done, said, thought, something that is now kind of like it's got like a thorn on it and when it comes up we understand I, I perhaps the thoughts are something like oh man I wish I hadn't done that or I don't understand why I did that oh I'm so embarrassed or ashamed that I did that and so there's this need to figure out how to deal with this energy that's the dis-ease, the unease of the energy around that memory. And, and our memory doesn't even have to be accurate about, about what we said or did, because if it happened in a state of high emotion, our perspective of what we did is usually very different from somebody else's perspective but we're dealing with an energy that's kind of locked inside of us in some way. And, and just by our very nature, we want to, it's like it's, it, it's energy that's built up inside of an old fashioned pressure cooker and there needs to be a, a release lever to let that energy go. And so I think that when we think about how can I be forgiven, how can I forgive somebody else, we're looking for the mechanism to release a certain amount of energy, a certain kind of energy, either within the other or within ourselves. Okay, so that, that makes definitely a lot of sense. And that's very beautifully stated. This accumulation of energy that needs to be released. It's almost as if what you're saying is that, if I hear you correctly, that the, the power seems to build in a way that is um, necessary for it to actually 
be released so that the rebalancing within the individual can happen. And that rebalancing is what leads to the realization of one's intrinsic worth. But the other way could be true that the intrinsic worth, that the realization of one's intrinsic worth releases that energy. Yes, that's very well said. That's very well said. So I think that events occur and our participation in these events occurs. And often the things that um, generate, I think the need for forgiveness, the desire for forgiveness um, are things that, that get, how do I wanna say this? The energy that we experience or that we generate in the world, let's just say I get angry about something. Somebody says something, whether what they said is worth my anger or whether my day has been a bad day and this just was a trigger for it. But <clears throat> there's some charged energy there, right? And, and in the understanding that this energy that I experienced, that I sent out to, into the world is my energy. It's not like you, Sacha, didn't talk, you talked to me in a rude way, therefore it's your fault that I was hostile and angry to you when I, when I answered you. And, and often we don't understand that. So it's this, feeling of something's not right, that we are in fact out of balance because we're holding an energy in our field that, that needs to move. Energy moves when it's acknowledged and, and we allow it to move. So whether it's the intrinsic, the recognition of intrinsic self-worth or something else that generates this need for forgiveness, there's a way in which the energy that we're looking to have forgiveness for has something to tell us that's very valuable, but it's in the search for forgiveness for that energy that we can examine the energy with either less or no bias, we can learn from it. And in that level of acceptance of the energy, it leaves our field. Whether it's hurt feelings, whether it's embarrassment, whether it's, you know, a judgment about myself or someone else, those energies have something to tell me about the world around me and my fit with the world. And when I can look at the energy without shame and judgment, I can hear something different from the energy. And it's, an, it's that level of accepting the energy that releases it. So I think this desire for forgiveness is the precursor to being able to really look at what I'm wanting to be forgiven for yes that allows me to 
engage my humanity, right? The, the, the humanity that we all experience. By age two, we have mirror neurons that are fully functioning and two-year-olds are very compassionate towards each other. They're pretty compassionate towards themselves also. We get socialized and it's not so much, it's not so easy to find that compassion as we go into and live through our adulthood. Well, you know, uh, there's also um, the development of morality and ethics, what one ought to do, what one ought not yeah. to do, uh, which is usually based on uh, you know, many higher ideas, things like betterment of whole of humanity, betterment of, of person, um, not hurting others. Uh, there seems to be a big relationship between the hurt towards oneself and or others and forgiveness. Yeah, and I would say that, I don't know, I'm not a historian, but I would say that the values of just do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's a, a, a powerful, powerful statement that can be unpacked in many, many different ways, but it holds what you just said, the betterment of humanity, the kindness to others, all of that, right? And yet, as I look around me in the world today, there's so much more blame and it's somebody else's fault that's going on, that it's very hard to resist that energy. It's also part of certain cultures who are saying, you know, it's me against the world. It's or me against my brother. It's my brother and me against the community. It's the community that I belong to against the other tribe, right? It's the tribes in my country against the other countries. There's so much more of that going on now. There's so much more of it's a zero-sum game. If you get any more, I have to suffer and give you part of what belongs to me. And, and those are not helpful. And yet, in some ways, when we look at the structures of different cultures, different governments, even different workplaces, those are the underlying conditions which are making some people very wealthy and other people feeling more and more enslaved. Yes, and yes. so that, the resentment from living in that kind of mentality, I think can give us knee-jerk reactions that our own inner wisdom, the mirror neurons, right, that may not be used so much as adults as they were when we were children, are telling us, no, we're all in this together. And there's, it's so important, right? In, inside of us, we don't want to carry guilt or anger or shame around with us. Exactly. exactly. And, and this also speaks to um, the fact that individuals take actions that may seem to be the right action, but it actually is a damaging one an action that is hurtful to others, an action that ought not to be done. And then hindsight seems to be 2020. Why did I do this or why did this happen? Yeah. But in, but in the moment, 
there's such a force from within yes. that pushes the individual to do that or to say that something to someone or to take a take a step in that direction again. Uh, whatever the context might be. I mean, it could be an addiction, it could be an interpersonal conflict, it could be domestic abuse, it could be anything. It, it, or it, it could be just making a verbal statement to someone that one regrets. You know, oh, did I say that? I shouldn't have said it that way. I didn't mean to say it that way. Yeah, so, so it almost seems to me that there's so much of a meditative state. And I don't mean like just like closing eyes and like that. I, I mean like a much more aware state of what's, what one, what to do before one does it, mm-hmm. you know, so, so then one doesn't get caught up in those cycles of then figuring out how to forgive oneself and what to do with this. And then it's a much more difficult thing to try to, to resolve that later on. Yes. And I would say the reason it's more difficult to resolve it later on, because every time we react instead of choosing an action, we are basically allowing accumulated energy from totally unrelated circumstances and situations to be expressed, which only makes it worse because we're not consciously dealing with those energies. Well, that's where these defense mechanisms come into play. Things like uh, rationalization at times or displacement, for example, uh, and there's a whole bunch of them, you know, there's maladaptive defenses that show up. So we don't take responsibility for what we've just done. You know, rationalize, oh, I did the right thing. I needed to protect myself, whatever. Interestingly enough, when I think about that, those sentences always begin with I. Yeah, I, exactly. I, 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 not the community, not humanity itself right so this sense when when you said a more meditative presence in intense environments or situations not so much that okay now i'm going to sit down cross-legged close my eyes on the street corner and figure out what i'm going to do but that i have a practice of really trying to check in with myself before I allow a reaction to come through me. Exactly, exactly. And, and, and again, biologically, the, the brain people, the people who study our nervous systems, as well as the people who study interactions and cultures and relationships, are all saying the same thing. Our biological organism, in other words, our human body and brain, therefore the mind too, are designed to live in community. We need the other to to go back to your original statement about self-validation and self-worth. We can't do that on our own. We, no. We're gregarious beings. And so how do we get back now to allowing that awareness to trump my immediate, this is dangerous to me, I have to, you know, defend myself. And sometimes we do need to defend ourselves, but not 100% of the time when we don't like what's happening. 
Well, exactly. It, it kind of goes back to, um, you know, our Sunday evening dialogue was about entanglement. Uh, very interesting uh, way of kind of examining relationships and, and, and the interactions with others. But the fact is that true forgiveness, it seems to me, it has to do with interpersonal forgiveness mm -hmm. and about the phenomena of forgiveness reverberating or reverberating within the group, within the community. Then the, now then there's that energy of forgiveness. I mean, angel wing is about human upliftment. How does humanity uplift from where it is? It can only happen if large, larger numbers of people begin to resonate with higher frequency, higher vibration, expansion in your language. Yes, yes. And so now we're getting to the place where I can say the energy of forgiveness is a high vibration energy. There are higher vibration energies, but it's certainly one of the higher vibrations. And when I say that, it's because when I examine that energy from my own personal experience, not looking it up on Wikipedia or, yeah. you know, quoting somebody else's thoughts about it. But there's a way of recognizing perhaps at any moment in time, I and everybody else that I've come in contact with through my life was doing the best they could possibly do in that moment. And maybe there was hurt and definitely there was misunderstanding or we wouldn't be looking at forgiveness to begin with. Yeah. But if I can recognize myself in the other, if I can recognize these, the other's challenges and situation in me, then this energy of compassion, compassion for myself, compassion for the other, because living a human life is not an easy task. There are times when it's so challenging and we may fall short of the mark of our best behavior. But to have the compassion for that frees both the energy in a relationship, the energy within me, and should the other experience that true compassion, perhaps they then forgive me. And, and okay, so I have a question for you about blame here. If someone on the outside, whoever it is, has somehow wronged the individual, caused some disturbance, pain, suffering, in any, in any which way, there are three possibilities. One can choose to forgive, possibility number one, what one can choose to kind of just take a neutral stance and ah, okay, well, whatever. And then the third is to have a certain amount of resentment and dislike or even hatred, you know, in varying degrees towards that person or situation or even group of people for that matter. These are possible ways of, of, of moving ahead. Uh, and they all carry different energies with it. In, in the first case, there's the energy of forgiveness. In the second case, there's like a more, just a neutral energy, like not reacting so much, but not feeling much about it. There could be such a thing. Uh, and then the third possibility is that there is uh, some degree of dislike, disturbance, resentment, holding on to that negative feeling, negativity that comes with it, 
so that forgiveness is not possible. And, and there's people who will say, well, I'm, I'll never forgive that person. You've heard that before. You know, they said that this has been so terrible, you know, lifetime after lifetime, I go, but there was no forgiveness in my heart for that, for that terrible thing that person did or that, in, or that group did or whatever. Um, so these are the different energies that are present in the world right now. Um, my question to you is with, with regards to, uh, the, first of all, the recognition of these three and the realization of the flow of energy in all three. Say something about that. So the first one, I think you said you can forgive what's happened, right? Yeah. I, I think that forgiveness comes with the recognition that this has happened to me, right? Or this is happening and I'm experiencing it. And if I am able to say, what is, what is the value to me in this experience? Perhaps I feel that someone has um, spoken to me in a way that I didn't deserve to be spoken to. But instead of focusing on why that person did it or said it, if I focus on what's what am I feeling as a result of hearing that? If I can do that with, with equanimity, with, with, from a, a state of balance inside of myself, perhaps there's a great lesson that can be learned for me, totally independent of the other person, right? Yeah. So in one sense, just saying, okay, this has happened. I, I take responsibility that I drew this situation into my life. What can I learn from it? And, and I, you know, that's a huge discussion. I, I'm not going to get into that. But, but sure. that opens up, a, that empowers me. Right. I, maybe that's the most powerful thing I can say. If I can look at it in that way, that empowers me. It empowers me to perhaps keep my mouth shut at the moment. It empowers me to perhaps just move to my breathing so I can calm my biology down. It empowers me. In, in the more neutral situation, I would say that also, there's a way in which I'm not triggered into a reaction, which is a forceful, you know, expression of energy on my own part. Um, in that situation, I'm probably not looking at, okay, what does this situation offer in terms of growth for me? I'm just deciding, you know, this is just what's going on right now. I, I don't have time for it and move past it. I'm not reacting to it. Yes, yes. But perhaps I'm not I'm not allowing myself to take what we're what people are calling now radical responsibility for. I don't know what's going on with the other person, but I obviously drew this to me. What what am I learning from it? Right. And the third one is that strong reaction. We're creating a huge negative energy in our own energy field, much less we're sending it out into the world. Yes. And we all are, our personal energies have an energy imprint, just like our fingerprints are unique to us, our energy, the energies we generate and send out into the world have our 
own individual energetic signature, which means that anger, that resentment, that hate, that whatever else, or contrarily, that love, that compassion, that, you know, kindness, it's going to come back to me sooner or later, because it belongs to me. I'm the only one that can clean it. If it's negative and contracted, I'm the only one that can release it by accepting the responsibility of it to have it become neutral and then be recycled again through the cosmos. Which is where strong, negative, hurtful emotion that one may experience because of intense wrongdoing, which has happened in life, domestic abuse, or who knows? I mean, there's thousands of examples. The ability to, well, first of all, the realization that, that that energy imprint that you just spoke about, we have to own that. So that means we can change the yes. change that flow by fundamentally putting out into the universe that intense power of forgiveness, with yes. love and affection and recognition of all human beings is connected together or is part of one energy field or part of God, however somebody may see that. But it, it seems to me that unless that is done completely, it is, it, it is a radical, in fact, in my mind, I would make the contention, this is a radical responsibility of each human being to put that forgiveness out there. Yeah, I, I, I would phrase it a little differently. I would say it is a radical responsibility to take responsibility for everything that happens to me. Yes, yes, it's yes. It's my responsibility. I've drawn, even if it's a horrible experience, I've drawn this to me. There's right. something to be learned. It's okay. my, it's right, so, so if, I've drawn it, if I've drawn it to me, and in that process, there is this negativity towards certain people, certain whatever, whoever it is, to counteract that, because we don't want the effect of that. What do you say about this notion of you know putting out this intense forgiveness out there? So I think that on some level, simply the act of radical responsibility releases the energy of forgiveness. It's a way in which I say, I'm going to live my life in such a way that whatever energies come to me are in some way energies I've generated somewhere, somehow, someplace. And most of us don't have memories that can understand why those energies are coming to me. But if I can take that on faith, then it's my responsibility to deal with that energy and not increase it by sending it back out again with my anger, resentment, hate, you know, attack of somebody else. Because that energy is going to come right back to me. I mean, not immediately, right? Those people who believe in reincarnation will say, yeah, you got a lot of lifetimes of energy stored up when you come back. So yeah, maybe you won't be able, even if you have a fantastic memory, maybe you won't be able to remember when you did or said something that now that energy is coming back to you. But to, to accept that we're all in this together, we're probably all trying the best we can, 
and to just try and be responsible for our own energy that we're putting out. Oh, okay, so, so along those lines, there is this link from transgression to self-forgiveness. So let's say, for example, if an individual has made mistakes in their life, whatever they might be, and the person needs to move towards self-forgiveness, there's a series of different steps for that. And then there are, could be external trans, transgressions that the individual needs to forgive somebody else. Yes. So these are at least two different ways. Now, it, it seems uh, based on at least uh, some of our conversation today that that any quote transgression, I'm just using that word and maybe another word is better. I, something that we feel we shouldn't have done, let's say shouldn't have happened, mm -hmm. or was wrong somehow. There are different severities of that transgression. Yes. And then based on the severity of the transgression, there is that much shame also, if it's individualized. And if, and if the transgression is you know, uh, done by somebody else, then there is that much dislike or discord or disharmony with that person. Uh, blame, even, perhaps. Blame, blame would be there. Shame and blame, shame is towards oneself. Blame would be on the, on the other side of, uh, of this. So, it, 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 so there's a certain level of severity to the transgression, isn't it so? So if, if the level of severity is dependent upon the type of transgression and the perception of the transgression, because mm -hmm. transgression may be there, but how is it perceived? What is, what is the context upon which this is perceived. I'm asking you this because we're trying to unravel perhaps where does even the, this chain begin? You know, for, forgiveness is kind of towards the end of this process. This begins way before that with something that has occurred that is, seems to be really disturbing and it's wrong and there's an ethics behind it and this shouldn't have happened or I shouldn't have done this or why did I do this to myself? I mean, people are in recovery from addictions they, are, they blame themselves again and again and again, but they still continue the same behavior again and again. So they're, so they're caught in this internal cycle. Uh, of course, there's external. And then those who are not able to let go of the negativity towards others, they are, they are stuck with them internally also based on the external things. You know, so, so this is all an internal transformation one way or the other. Yes. Right? So, so my question is, the detection of the trans transgression at the beginning to even prevent that from happening so one doesn't wind up having to deal with this issue of forgiveness. Yes, well, to me, that's, uh, I think it was Viktor Frankl said, between stimulus or event and response, there's a line, right? Yes. Stimulus, event, and then response. So it's in that pause between those two events, right? Something happening and a response to that something happening. There's the opportunity to be free and choose what response you're going to make. Exactly, because that response can go into different directions. Either that can bind the person and get caught up in this conflictual cycle, or one could remain free right from the beginning. 
Yes, yes. So Sachin, I need a time out, time okay. for a moment, right? Sure. So so I we're going to have to wrap this up in a few minutes, if that's okay. okay. Actually, this is good enough for today. Uh, why don't you just make a final uh, statement about forgiveness, final comment for today's podcast, and then we can stop here. Okay. So in this beautiful and intricate exchange we've had around the energy of forgiveness, I would offer that forgiveness perhaps is the expansion of love, love in the highest possible definition of non-contingent. It's that experience of connection and expansion without needing any response in return. And so forgiveness is that expanding of the awareness of perhaps our oneness, our, our, our incredible need to be in community and to live with each other and to have the compassion for how challenging a human life can be at different points in its expression from birth to death. Yes. Okay, very nice, beautiful. Once again, thank you, Dr. Elizabeth Berman uh, from the Angel Wing Program. Uh, she is one of our um, educators, teachers, meditation teachers, licensed psychologists, doing fantastic work in the community. Uh, and uh, we are very, very happy uh, to hear more and more from her, uh, the wisdom that she carries and the uh, deeper understanding of the hum human condition is what we want to share with all. So once again, uh, such a beautiful uh, exposition on forgiveness. Thank you again for your time. And we will uh, look forward to seeing you in the next podcast. For all those who are listening, please remember to go to the website, theangelwing.com. Please do join our multitude of programs. They're right on the website. You just go on the website. You can find that information there. Thank you very much. Thank you.